Today we're going to be talking about Face Down from Emancipation, recorded late 95, early 96, and released on the 19th of November 1996. Uh, on the track we have Prince, we have 99 returning, uh, but in sample form, and then we have Steve Park, um, who is credited for Jeep Horn, <laughs> which I think is uh, one of the more interesting credits on this album. The track is 3 minutes 16, and joining me to talk about today is Alec Rayner. Hello, Alec. Hello. Now, in terms of, like, a genre, I think we can say that this is a diss track. Oh, yeah, definitely. Directed at, <laughs> directed at Warner Brothers. Yeah. <laughs> this is, like, the last of the kind of bitter Prince songs about Warner Brothers. Um, you know, obviously the title track of this album, it, it's not. At, it's more hopeful, let's say. Um, the final song on the third disc is more hopeful about the relationship with, you know, record companies and Prince. This song is literally <laughs> Prince, <laughs> like verse by verse, just being very angry at Warner Brothers. Interestingly enough, there's a live, there's a live version. I say live with uh, maybe inverted commas around it. There's like a, a lip synced version that was performed on the 7th of February 1997 on the Chris Rock show. Um, you know, which was also broadcast as part of the, um, you know, the MPG Music Club. Um, and it was it was a lip sync of a performance that had been recorded a, about a month earlier, which was also released as part of the NYC single, um, which, you know, had a live version of Jam of the Year and this song. The, the live version of this goes 8 minutes 26. So that's another five minutes on this song. So I'm guessing there's a lot of kind of stuff going on there. Um, and there were a few remixes of this, and this song was intended to be, um, you know, a single. Um, but I think the issues with EMI, um, you know, kind of uh, going, basically going bankrupt and being restructured, um, it ended up that the song was not released. Um, I Can't Make You Love Me was going to be the, the B-side for that. And there was, you know, the, the, the extended rap money mix and instrumental money mix um, and an a cappella version were going to make up the single. Um, you know, it's going to be released sometime in April 1997, but unfortunately it did not get released. But, you know, we still have, like, the live version on NYC. And there's a music video that also accompanies this, which has pretty much the same performance that is on the, the lip-sync performance from the Chris Rock show, um, where you have Prince entering and being face down on the stage, and then he gets up and he starts singing the song. Um, and, you know, it's... Let's put it like this. It's very aggressive. Yeah. You know, the performance is very aggressive um, and yes. the video is very aggressive. Yeah, the performance starts and... his face right in the camera. Just kind of like the... <laughs> that, that's pretty much the standard for the those really aggressive hip-hop um, music videos. It feels like someone starts with the microphone, their face like in the camera, like all the way. It is a little bit like a... It's almost like Hype Williams, but without being Hype Williams. Yeah. He hasn't got a fisheye lens effect, unfortunately, on yeah. him. But that would have, you know, yeah. made it completely... But yeah, and we have this sample of Dead Like Elvis, which um, apparently comes from a song uh, which is called Stained Glass uh, by 99. You know, obviously... Uh, you know, 99 had been sampled before and also, you know, on one of the uh, one of the other tracks um, actually gave like a, you know, a spoken word performance. 99's real name was Dietra Moses. Um, and sometimes uh, she was credited as Poet 99. 
Um, but on this track, she's credited as 90 the number nine. <laughs> Again, Prince's, I don't know, Prince's odd naming stuff kind of comes into play. You know, Stained Glass, an interesting song because it was also known as Give God a Try. I'm not quite sure where the phrase dead like Elvis would come into that. Um, but, you know, that is that is the thing that kind of Prince chose to, to take from that song. Um, and I like that sample, you know, I think it's a, I think it's an interesting, because, yeah. you know, obviously we'd had the whole Princess de Morte um, a few times um, on, on Come, but here we have this, this whole, like the idea of, and I don't know if you're aware of this, Alec, what with your, your relative youth, yeah. um, but, uh, but when Elvis died, an event that I am not old enough to remember, uh, you know, for anyone, you know, who obviously I'm, I'm older than you, but not that old. Yeah. There was always rumors that he didn't die. There was all these conspiracy theories. Oh, yeah. There's a song, but there's a song by um, Kirsty McColl, which is called There's a guy who works down the fish shop who looks like Elvis. Uh, the idea being that that you know Elvis was sighted all over the world doing these mundane jobs, yeah. um, you know, while while staying alive. So the phrase "dead like Elvis," I feel in this context, is meant to imply that you know Elvis isn't dead, um, and that's that's you know kind of what is being wrapped about here. Yeah, um, yeah, which, that makes sense. Yeah, which fits with the idea of of the the rest of the lyrics, which you know talk for the first time. Other than uh, Mr. Happy, where where he says that um, Mr. Happy has bought a house next to Prince. Um, I think this is the only other song on the entire Emancipation that mentions Prince's birth name. Um, and it starts in the first line of the first verse. We have the dead like Elvis, and then, you know, we have the words face down repeated a couple of times with that horn sample, the Jeep horn sample. Um, and then we start off with Prince um, very much in our faces saying somebody once told him that he wouldn't let Prince go, through, wouldn't take Prince through the ringer. Let him go down as a washed-up singer. Ain't that a bitch? Thinking all along that he wanted to be rich. Never respected the root of all evil. He still don't to this day. Bury him face down. Let the motherfuckers kiss an ass. Okay. And then we get face down again. And, I, like, the idea that, you know, this thing of, like, Prince, you know, being taken to the ringer and going down as a washed-up singer. I, I find this interesting in a song that is recorded in a $10 million mansion, you know, that is fully paid for by Warner Brothers and that Prince basically, you know, the running costs are still being covered by his old contract at this point. And when EMI released the, you know, this three-disc album, they paid up front for, you know, to cover the costs of running Paisley Park for a couple of years. The idea that Prince is going to be a washed up singer seems ridiculous because, you know, his his house is bought and paid for. You know, he's he he you know, all he has to do is keep the lights on. Yeah. You know, which I feel like, you know, the the residuals from, you know, um purple rain and stuff will probably do that for the rest of his life. So, he's in the most luxurious position a singer can possibly be where he has with this album, he has full creative freedom. You know, he's he decided exactly how many songs it had. He decided every single song that went on here. You know, he he dictated the length to EMI. He dictated how many songs. Like everything that's on this album is everything that Prince wanted on this album. So I find it I find it a little funny that Prince is still being bitter about a contract <laughs> that he relatively easily got out of. Yeah. Um, you know, George Michael was still in in a contract dispute for another three or four years after this. Um, and, and even once George Michael resolved his contract dispute, he was still, you know, sort of under contract to Sony for the rest of, you know, the decade. Um, you know, so I, I think I think it's interesting that Prince managed to get out of his Warner's contract so easily. And he's managed to negotiate himself, a, a, you know, a one album, one year deal with EMI. And yet he's, he's <laughs> complaining about how, you know, someone's going to put him through the ringer and, and he's going to go down as a washed up singer. 
Um, you know, I, I, I don't know. I just yeah, find no. I find it funny how aggressive he is out of the gate. Quite frankly, the whole phrase of face down, can't and the you know kissing ass or whatever it came from. Um, someone in the new power generation, I believe, made made some kind of like joke about it because um, Prince got read like a bad review of like the gold experience and he was all ticked off or something. And the person was like, "Ah, oh, man, well they can kiss our ass and various face down or various face down so they can kiss our ass, or something yeah. like that." So, yeah, there's definitely like these direct attacks towards um, Warner Brothers and his contract. And uh, maybe just the whole, like, weirdness of this beef of... Because there's plenty of people that I know that just did not understand this artist formerly known as Prince thing. The whole him and Warner Brothers kind of deal. So there, there's probably people that just completely wrote off Prince at that time. So he was like, hey, um, you know, you could have written me off, but I'm still here. I'm still rocking kind of deal. <laughs> yeah. And I think as well, I mean, you know, the story as told by Mr. Hayes is that this song was a reaction to, uh, you know, a bad review of The Gold Experience, which in all fairness was an album that was mostly kind of, yeah. you know, critically well reviewed. Um, and and then, you know, th- this song kind of came directly from that. But also, you know, it, it kind of it also then has these overtures towards Warner Brothers as well. Uh, and I do understand what you're saying, like the whole thing, you know, the the whole thing with, um, you know, the, the kind of artist formerly known as Prince, you know, the whole name change thing. It was kind of very confusing to a number of people, you know, you, you, like the whole don't call him Prince thing. It ended up being, you know, fodder for, you know, late night comedians for, for a couple of years. And, you know, it it's just one of those weird things where as a Prince fan, you just kind of accepted it. It's like, yeah, yeah okay, he doesn't want to be called Prince anymore. <laughs> Though, interestingly, apparently, you know, the, the level of profanity in this song when Prince was touring a couple of years later, uh, this being one of the few songs from Emancipation that he did, you know, perform regularly quite, you know, live for the next few years. Um, apparently, <laughs> Larry Graham uh, did not approve of the profanity in the song and would leave the stage while uh, while this song was being played and then return after it finished. Larry Graham would take his wife and his daughter and, and like they would literally go and like go back into the dressing room and wait for the song to finish before coming back out. Um, and it was one of those conversations with Larry Graham that kind of led Prince towards the idea of becoming a Jehovah's Witness and kind of, you know, questioning his use of uh, profanity. Uh, and obviously, quite famously, after two thousand and one, he he performed songs that he you know he'd done before that had profanity in, but he just changed the words. Or, oh yeah, you know he he wouldn't he wouldn't sing words. He would just leave gaps. Dance, music, spirituality, romance, and all that <laughs> something like <laughs> yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. The cross became a completely different song. Yep, the Christ. Um, yeah, obviously, it's weird that, to think that this is the song that kind of led to that that thing. But you know, it kind of it kind of was. And then, of course, in the second verse, we have the whole. Told him he wanted to sing a song about a black child going book wild. They just laughed in his face. Talk to your lawyer, but you got no case. What you need to do is keep your place. Next time you pull a card, it better be an ace, motherfucker, or you can lay face down. And when he performs this live on the Chris Rock thing, and also in the video, he pulls, he like, he literally pulls an ace out. Come on, Prince. Yeah, well, you could, you could be, you could be a bit more kind of, you know, oblique about it. Yeah, I mean, he's cheating. He's pulling the ace out of his sleeve. Yeah, he cheated out of the contract. <laughs> yeah, or he was being cheated on. Something, yeah. I don't know. He's yeah, he's <laughs> funny very, though. The song, the song is very subtle, but yeah, and you know, there's a there's a there's a string sample that's in this that apparently is taken from an unreleased Jill Jones song. 
that Claire Fisher did the, the you know the, the strings to. This is something that Prince would do quite a lot, where he had this you know he had this bank of different strings that had been put on other songs, and he would occasionally use them. Uh, obviously, if they fit the key of the song that he, he was recording, and we get like a little middle eight where Prince says horn, and we have some what sound like sample horns to me, and then we have bass, and we have Prince do like a little bass riff. Uh, which I'm guessing where, you know, Larry Graham would have been brought on board. You know, that would have been the part that he would have played had he stayed on stage when the song was being performed. And we finish with the third verse with him saying him and her meaning who I'm singing about. And his psychoanalyst kind of just the, saw the catalyst as the devil with the blue jeans on. Uh, ain't it kind of funny when you see the dawn? <laughs> which, uh, I, I like how he gets blue jeans on to rhyme with the dawn. Uh, sign the name they gave you. You know, again, a reference to the fact that Prince has no uh, has no name anymore. Uh, but when them motherfuckers turn around, ass up, you're what? Uh, face down. Um, and now he says, new power generation in the house, which doesn't make any sense because there's literally no one else on the track apart from Prince. Uh, but I guess at, at this point, he, he was also getting, you know, the, the following year, um, you know, he, well, not the following year, but in, in 1998, obviously, he released the final new power generation record which was basically yeah, with his face on the cover. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So obviously at this point he is the new power generation, I'm guessing. And then he, you know, he says orchestra and we get the, the Claire Fisher sample, um, you know, and we get the orchestra again, but he kind of struggles to say the word orchestra, which is a funny <laughs> delivery of it. And then we finish off with this weird kind of like coda where he says, it's in his will. I read it. He shut to kill. He said it for those who know the number and don't call fuck all y'all is <laughs> how he finishes. And then we say we go back to face down, ending ending the song with the title. Always my favorite thing. But I find that kind of ending is kind of weird because it's like the music drops down. It's just Prince saying "fuck all y'all," and it's like, I you know, okay, Prince. Like this is this third disc has like some kind of, I don't know. It has a different feel to the the first and the second disc. The first disc feels a lot more optimistic, and obviously the second disc is very much about Maite. And on this third disc, you know, we it kind of opens with like almost like four kind of like dance songs, one after the other with Slave, New World, Human Body, and then this. Um, and then we kind of, you know, when this song finishes, we come into La 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 Means I Love You, which is such a weird left turn. Yeah. Um, after the like level of aggression that's in here. And then, of course, we finish with Style, which is, again, that's a very, like it's a very dancey song. And it's kind of very aggressive about Prince telling him what style is and is not. Um so I don't know. I guess we could say this is like the aggressive half of the disc, um, with the yeah. exception of La La La. You know, I I really enjoy this song. You know, it's like it's a fu- it's it's given the level of aggression. I always find it funny when Prince gets this mad. Oh yeah, you know. <laughs> so it's always fun to hear this song. I really enjoy it live. It, it's just a song that just fun to see someone like perform to, and um, like the music video is cool and stuff. Them laying down. But it, it just seems that much cooler, like, live, I guess. And, um, you know, he's messing with his, like, at least in the Chris Rock video, he's messing with the instruments of his yeah. like, band and stuff. He's, like, <laughs> retuning them and all this stuff and jumping yeah. on the piano. and there is, Yeah, there is there is one point where he goes over to, uh, is it Rhonda's bass? Rhonda? Uh, yeah, I think like, so. Yeah. And he and he detunes one of her strings. And then as she, as she like, slaps the bass... Uh, which obviously in the song it's Prince playing the bass. Um, she, you can see her hand go back up to tune the the string back in. <laughs> but the thing is, because it's a, a lip sync performance, it doesn't make any difference to the actual yeah. bass. But I do, I do, yeah. The interaction between him and the band members, and you know, on that live performance is quite interesting. And in fact, I'd say that that live performance 
is a little bit more interesting than the video because the video just feels kind of like you know Prince taking another shot at Warner Brothers, but the live yeah. the live version has a bit more of kind of like energy to it. Um, yeah, you know, it's really and, good energy. It yeah. just shows that having it just seems like such a fun song to perform. Yeah, it's kind of like when you when you see a movie and you're like, oh, this must have been a fun movie to be in. <laughs> you know, maybe not necessarily like the movie was like a masterpiece or something, but you were like, you know, it must have been really fun to shoot this movie just because it seems like there was a lot of like cool energy stuff and a lot of just like good interaction between the cast. Yeah. And I really think this song must have just been like fun to perform because I think just writing this is just one of like the funnier and like happier parts of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, it, you know, the live version, you know, it does kind of give it a different energy. Um, you know, I'd say for me, it's only really a four out of five. And I, I say that only because, um, you know, I, I mean, I enjoy Prince getting bitter and angry. Um, but in terms of like listening to it again and again, I, f- I feel like it, on this third disc, a lot of the songs I find a little harder to kind of re-listen to than stuff off the first two discs. Um, yeah. not to say, not to say it's, you know, a bad song or anything. It's just, I enjoy the song, but it's not really what I'm looking for from Prince. Um, you know, at this particular point, maybe if it had been a single, you know, I would have a different kind of level of affection for it. But as it is as an album track, it's kind of like, you know, it's it's not it's not really going to be a five out of five. I just I just feel like, you know, the, the I, I love Prince being bitter, but it always makes it harder for me to kind of listen to songs again because it's like, you know, you're a you're a millionaire in a gigantic mansion who can record songs twenty four seven if he wants. I find it yeah. hard to sympathize with your complaints in this particular matter. <laughs> I I agree. I was thinking a four out four out of five coming in. Um, I have similar things. It's definitely one of my favorite like um Prince songs that has to do with like Warner Brothers. And I, I really think this is like a fun song to listen to just like live. Because I feel like being in a crowd with a song like this would just get like really fun and really yeah. high energy. Um, it's very infectious. I love the self sample. I really think Prince has a ear for samples. So I like wish and I, I one of like the things I've always like just thought in my head was, dang, I wish Prince would let people clear his samples. Yeah. And just probably so many cool like songs would um come out just based on like his samples. Cause I know tons of artists have said like I know Prince uses samples in his songs on here and it just makes me wish like anytime I hear a Prince sam- using samples on one of his own songs that he would just like every once in a while let his songs get sampled. I can only think of like one Prince song. No, two actually. One of them was a Time song on the Tupac album that yeah. sampled 779311. And then on um, Tennessee by Arrested Development sampled Alphabet Street, but illegally, so then they had to give Prince like a ton of money. So Yeah, I, I mean, I, I know what you're saying. I, I think, um, you know, something that Prince does on this album and, and you know, he'd he done on the, the last couple of albums as well, is he'd started to sample unreleased songs, basically. Yeah. Um, and I, th- I think that's always quite interesting because, you know, on certain liner notes, he promised, you know, this is sampled from this soon-to-be-released album, and those albums were never released. Um, you know, so that it's always unreleased songs that he's sampling from. Um, and, I, yeah. I, you know, I, fi- I find that quite interesting. You know, uh, he does have an ear for a good sample, um, but like I said, this is this is just not it's not a song that I listen to, you know, over and over. It's like it's like a song that I'll listen to occasionally and I really enjoy. But I always find yeah. it a little hard to revisit simply simply because, 
you know, the level of bitterness, you know, I find it hard to sympathize with someone, <laughs> you know, at this point in his career had c- total creative freedom. And, you know, let's, let's put it like this. He's happily married. Um, you know, a baby's on the way. He's got this, this mansion that he's, he's living in. Like, it feels like at this point he's, you know, the stuff yeah, that's on the first, right. yeah, the first, the stuff that's on the first and second albums feels more like, you know, uh, a reflection of his situation, which is he was happy, and so this little bit of bitterness, and you know, this was a late addition to the the lineup of of Emancipation as well. This was, you know, this was a, a one of the more recent songs, you know, put onto the album. So it feels like it was just that last little bit of bitterness. Yeah, and you almost want to say to Prince, look, you did it. You got out of the contract. You know, you've been successful. You don't, you don't need to keep taking shots at people. Yeah. Um, and you don't even, you know, you don't even need to stoop to the level of taking shots at a, um, you know, at journalists. You know, leave them be. You know, let them do what they're doing, and you just go around creating. Yeah. You know, and people, you know, that's what people love Prince for was his creativity rather than his bitterness. Like I said, this song was performed quite a bit, you know, through the ninety six, ninety seven, ninety eight tours. After that, you know, Prince didn't perform it ever again. Um, I'm guessing probably because you know Larry Graham had kind of talked him out of performing songs with profanity. And this was probably one of the first ones to kind of go, um, but uh, yeah. So you know, I, I I think it's 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 a really good song, but it's it's just one of those songs where you're like, ah, oh, you know, a little bit less bitter, and it would have been more fun. Yeah, I can see that. So I feel like we said as much as we can about Face Down. Yeah, so, definitely agree. Uh, let's go to plugs. Is there anything you wish to plug? Yes, out? my Twitter's AlecRaina98. No, go ahead, follow me. Talk a lot about Prince. Love talking about Prince. He's my dude, and. Much love to everyone listening. And you can find us on Facebook at Prince Track by Track uh, or on Twitter at Prince Podcast. Or you can email us, not sure why you would, at Prince Track by Track at gmail.com. Thanks for being my guest here, Alex. Oh, yeah, yeah, no problem at all. And otherwise, goodbye. That's a hey! Don't think I ain't.